More shows, more shows, episode mode, combination, what up, what up, what up everyone, welcome to episode 253, you heard that right, episode 253 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo, you know the vibes, don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button, man, also man, if you'd like to support the podcast, you could become a Combo's Court Patreon member, I'll leave a link in the description for that. But yeah, man, enjoy this episode. We have Jake Weingarten of StockRisers.com. I asked Jake, is Amani Bates the real deal? We talk about that and so much more. Make sure you go check out StockRisers.com and find Jake on Twitter at Jake Weingarten. That's J-A-K-E-W-E-I-N-G-A-R-T-E-N. You know you can find me on Instagram at 12combo. That's O-N-E. T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O, intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Jake Weingarten, founder of Stock Risers. Welcome to Combos Court, man. How you feeling today? Feeling good, man. I'm excited. You know, this was long overdue. How you doing? We are here. Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well, Jake. Uh, tell me more about Stock Risers, how you started it, uh, about how old you started it, and uh, everything about it. Um, so I started StockRisers.com when I was 15 years old. Um, I was just a kid, you know, from Queens that made the realization at a young age that, man, I'm not going to make the NBA. And I told myself around eighth grade, like, I'm not making the league. So I might as well, you know, get, stay in the game, but I got to figure out how I'm going to stay in the game. So um, at 15 years old, I went to Kentucky versus Kansas at Madison Square Garden with my dad. And Quade Green was a recruit at the time. And um, he was kind of like standing there in the crowd and all these reporters are around him. And it's an interesting story because Quade Green is at Washington now. Um, he was a five-star recruit. And he's standing there and all these reporters are around him. And I asked my dad, I'm like, why are all these reporters around a kid my age? Like, what are they doing? Because I wasn't, I didn't really know what recruiting was. And the guy behind us tapped my shoulder and was like, that's the top, that's a top 10 recruit in the country. That kid's going to the league someday. And I was like, wow, like all that hype over a kid my age. And that kind of is really what started it. And then just the atmosphere of college and high school basketball, but then 15 years old comes around and, you know, I'm like, dad, I really want to get this going. Like, you know, I want to get involved college basketball. Like I want to do something. So we went on wordpress.com and we looked at their plans and how their websites work. And I actually invested in a website for $60 of my, out of my own money. And, you know, okay. four years later, I mean, F5 network came in the mix during the summer this year. And they were like, we want to, you know, work with you. We want to partner with you and, you know, buy your site and redo it. You know, they're a multi-million dollar company. They're like, we want you to, you know, join us and we're going to redo your website, put you on our network. And, you know, it's just, it's crazy. We went from a $60 investment to a multi-million dollar network company. And it's just crazy. I'm blessed for all of it. And, you know, the recruiting stuff on top of it, I've, you know, 
built over a thousand relationships over the past few years, thousands. And, you know, some guys that I started covering when I was 15 are in the league now. So just, it's insane. And, you know, it can only go up from here, honestly. Most definitely it will go up. Uh, So most of your job as of now is breaking news, would you say? Yeah, I would say most of it's breaking news. Um, You know, I talk to the players a lot of the time, players, coaches, um, I don't really go through like secondhand sources. Like I'm not going to go through like, you know, a coach at another school or like something like that. Like people know me well for like having good relationship with the players because they're in my age like area. So um, over the past few years, you know, I've had the opportunity to break some big news stories. But uh, as far as like the job goes, I'd say outside of breaking news, it's a lot of scouting, too. That's interesting. You obviously fell in love with NC two way basketball, and you're from New York, man. I'm from New York. You know, this is good. It's always best city in the world. Best city in the world. Most definitely, most definitely, had to add that in here. Had to add that in there. But you know, you obviously fell fell in love with NC two way basketball. Um, now we see the G League bubble. I know you heard about overseas elite. Should NC two way basketball be concerned about its future with all these alternative routes? Um. Well, I don't know if you know, the company Overtime actually just started a league as well. No, that, no that's what I just said, Overtime Elite. Oh, yeah, yeah, Overtime Elite. All right. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, honestly, if I was a kid, that's how I look at it. If I was a kid and I was in that shoe, in that kid's shoes, I'm taking that Overtime Elite League and, you know, I'm taking it by storm because not only are you getting a chance to prove yourself against other top-ranked recruits, depending on who they land, but you're also able to go back to college and there's a lot of benefits as far as, you know, going back to school later on and financially. And, you know, the fact that you're an 18 year old and you're going to be able to have an agent at the time and, you know, be able to get sponsorships and stuff like that. But at the same time, when there's positive, there's always negatives. You look at a guy like Zion Williamson after he left Duke, the one thing he always says is, you know, I wish I can go back and win a national championship. There's no better feeling as a kid than, you know, competing in the NCAA tournament. So, you know, I'm kind of iffy about the whole pro league thing. The G League bubble, I wasn't too crazy about it. Um, but now seeing overtime elite and all those stuff starting, I mean, who knows? Honestly, nobody knows yet. Yeah, it's interesting. It's just like basically if the kid is that level of talent, it really doesn't matter what route he'll take. I mean, he's going to get to where he has to go, right? right? But some of those, like, if you're going to have 30 kids in the league, it's not going to all be top-end talent. So you might be taking $100,000, and you might not ever – that kid might not ever make it again. Like, exactly. he might just have, like, like, hype on the internet or, you know. So, so it's, like, it's just different for everybody. It's kind of your own – Exactly, decision. and that's kind of what I said about the G League bubble. There's such a big risk factor, especially with the G League bubble. Um, you look at a guy like Jalen Green – um obviously his first game didn't go too well and obviously everyone was hating and all that kind of stuff but he got better he got better over time he did get better oh yeah Jalen Green's a top top five pick easy um but as far as the risk factor if you get hurt in the G League what are you gonna do it's not like you're out of college and then you have those three years left to go through a college rehab system and all that kind of stuff but as far as the G League goes you have a 15 game season if you get hurt and you miss seven games what's going to happen. You missed half the season already. So, I mean, it's kind of risky, but obviously it worked for some guys. Jonathan Kuminga, I think benefited tons from the bubble. I mean, there were times. Hey, that first, that first game, that first oh, game yeah. really helped him. I mean, he played good the rest of the time, but he yeah, really came that, out first that first game though is where people were like, okay, like we heard about this kid in high school, but like, I really think he could be a top five pick. 
And that's oh, where you, I mean, you know like, how Twitter is. There was people, I think there was people out there saying like, oh, maybe he could challenge Cade, you know? Yep. There, there were people, Cade. there were people out there really thinking that, you know, he's definitely better than Jalen. And then yeah. people were thinking he could get to that Cade level. And I'm like, I think that's a little bit of a that's a me stretch. Too. Me too. I do I do think if he would have had a few games where he hit like four or five threes, like because that was the one thing he might have there would have been a lot of that conversation. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but so, I mean, let's talk about Cade real quick because there's been a lot of interesting talk about that as well. I think he's should definitely be the number one pick. I think yeah. him with NBA spacing is going to make his game look so much better. He's the type of player that every NBA team looks for, you know, like that big initiator. Not saying he's LeBron or Luka, but he's from that mold, right? Right. And also, he's so versatile. I mean, he's a three-level scorer as well. Right. But, what do you think about that? And what has the chatter been around that? Uh, and on top of it, man, he was just the best player in college basketball by the end of the right. season. So exactly. You know, and what are your thoughts on that? Cade uh, overall, I actually, the crazy thing, I don't know if you saw this. We talk about Twitter a lot. Um, people are really questioning Cade being the number one pick because he lost that game. And to me, that's kind of ridiculous. Cade Cunningham gets to Oklahoma state, you know, uh, they're a decent program, you know, that Marcus Smart way back and, you know, some other guys and, you know, some good guys on the roster this season. But Cade comes in and instantly changes the program. And one yeah. thing that I noticed, Mike Boynton on senior day even gave Cade, you know, his little own senior day moment because they know he's not going to come back. But uh, as far as Cade's game goes, I think the one word I always use to best describe him is effortless. Um, you know, 100%. I, really, I really don't think – there was another player in college basketball this year that makes it look as effortless. I mean, he reads defenses so well. Um, everything he does, you said three-level scorer, um, handles the ball really well. He literally does everything. He had a stretch against Oregon State where, you know, he had a steal, a basket, and then another steal in like a seven-second span. And just when he's on the court, something's always going on. You're going to always be like, okay, Cade's on the court, something's going to happen. And another thing I love most about him and why I think he'll thrive in the NBA right off the bat is his confidence. And he was a winner. He was at Montverde. They didn't lose a game in, when he was in there. And beyond that, I mean, he's Cade Cunningham, man. He's a winner, elite competitor. And when I talked to him three years ago, I'll never forget this moment. Cade Cunningham told me three years ago, and not even when he was number one yet, he was like, man, I'm the best player in the country. And I, I looked at that because at the time he was ranked about seven or eight. And I still have, you know, all the articles and all the tweets. But this guy, Cade, that kind of confidence, you know, especially at the high school level, not a lot of guys are going to come out and say, I should be number one or I should be ranked a five star. Nobody's going to say that. But Cade, you know, his confidence, man, he was like, Jake, I'm the best player in high school basketball. And, you know, I'll never forget that moment. But so skilled, so effortless. He's so special, man. And, you know, we look at the draft classes over the past few years, but there's something about this upcoming draft class that, you know, I think is going to be really special. Most definitely. And he tries to get his teammates involved. Like you could just tell he's a good teammate, you know, right. Uh, his teammate at Montevert, Scotty Barnes, he's such a unique prospect because he has great athleticism, this frame, the seven, three wingspan makes everybody around him better. Right. Uh, the thing is though, sometimes he's not a willing shooter. And, mm -hmm. and there is questions about his jump shot, but I really like his game. I just love his feel for the game and the way he plays. Love How do you Scottie think Barnes. his game translates to the NBA level? Uh, honestly, the best thing about Scotty Barnes' game, and we were just talking about with Cade, he always finds his teammates. His ability yeah. to make plays is, you know, kind of eliminates that factor of, oh, he can't shoot and, oh, this and that. I mean, he's got size. He's got that wingspan. I mean, him driving to the lane 
is unbelievable. And I watched his first college game this season. And for a guy his size to go 94 feet and go coast to coast over a seven footer is, you know, it doesn't happen that often. And, but like I said, my favorite part of his game is his playmaking. I'd still take him in the lottery. People are questioning his jumper. And yes, we saw that. But I mean, look what he's done on that Florida State team. He's having a great year. Um, I think his draft stock really all depends on how this, you know, next path of the tournament goes. Wow. Do you, are there other players in the tournament that you think raised their stock or maybe their stock declined a yes. little bit? Um, Who the jumps out to you? Season, this is a, this is an interesting one because Jalen Suggs was always seen as a lottery pick. But I remember coming into the season, there were people like, okay, are we taking Jalen Suggs in the top five? Like, is this a risk that we're willing to take? And then you look at what, what he did this season and he's still going, man. And he did struggle a little bit in Gonzaga's last game. He couldn't really find his touch, but thing about Jalen Suggs, man, the playmaking, his ability to score, and yeah. just his ability to come in as a freshman and change a program. And, you know, that kind of stuff stands out to NBA scouts. Scouts want winners. Scouts want elite competitors. But at the same time, you look at the guy with that skill set. This guy was a four-star football player and also a five-star basketball player. He's an elite athlete, and he's so skilled. Yeah, this season he showed his ability to make his teammates better and more of his guard skills. You know, he was, uh, I think, a little bit in high school, a little bit more reliant on athleticism, like more defense, right? Like, I think he showed a lot more of that more at defense, the college level. More getting to the rim, and I think yeah. that's kind of based on competition level. You go from that high school level, which was kind of iffy. He was seeing good competition, but now you're at the college level, and he really evolved his game. And I'm thinking to myself coming into the season – okay, Jalen Suggs, everyone's going to see the dunks. Everyone's going to see the blocks. But, man, I mean, my favorite part of his game is playmaking, and it's not even close. I mean, he's making full-court passes, no-look yeah. passes. He's finding his teammates in every single spot. And, you know, I'm a guy who every time I scout a player, one of the first things I'm looking for is IQ. Are you going to see that guy in the corner? Are you going to drive and lay it over three people, or are you going to dish it out? And, you know, when I'm watching Jalen Suggs, I'd say 90% of the time he makes the right play, and that's really important. It was so unfortunate that a VCU didn't play. I, my sleeper of the draft was Bones Highland of VCU. Uh, do you oh, have any sleepers? I have a lot. Um, okay, okay, the one, the one or two that really jumps out to you. Uh, well, me being a student at the University of Louisville, I've had a okay. you know, up and close opportunity to look at David Johnson. Um, That's right. Got, you're in New York, but you're still in school. That's right. New okay. York, but yep. Yeah. So David Johnson, man, um, he was projected as a lottery pick about a month and a half or two months ago. And then, you know, Louisville had kind of a late season collapse where they lost a few games. And, you know, he didn't really struggle, but like he wasn't playing up to his expectations. But I mean, he's six, 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 seven. And he has a really wide wingspan and his ability to get to the rim and, you know, lay it over a taller defender. And he can also stretch it out and shoot the three ball, good defender. And he's really consistent. And he actually started his freshman year injured last year and would end up coming back. And he had a 10 game span. This is before the pandemic. He had a 10 game span where he was dominating. And this is right off an injury. And he was coming into ACC play. He missed all of non-conference play with the injury and then came back, his first game was against Pittsburgh. And I think right off the bat, he hit about three or four three-pointers. And then he got to the rim a few times and they won that game. But David Johnson's a guy whose draft stock dropped. And, you know, now I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, if his draft stock dropped and somebody's taking him in the late first round or early second round, that's still a steal to me because 
that's a guy I saw as a potential lottery pick at one point and other scouts did as well. Um, about a month and a half ago, I saw him going like 15 or 16 and I saw him at 13 at one point, but that's a guy gets to the rim really well, capable defender, size, IQ, and he reads the defense really well. And as far as his story goes, he's from Louisville. So he was kind of in that hometown hero role and, you know, he thrived and there's a chance he goes back to Louisville, but I don't think he should because I think he's going to take that draft stock, whether it's low second round, early second round, lottery, mid first round, whatever it is, he's going to take that opportunity and go with it. That's just kind of the guy he is. Is Luca Garza going first round or second round? That's a tough one, right? Yeah, but I'm thinking to myself, man, this guy was good all four, almost all four years, man. This guy is getting his number retired. Um, the fact he was putting up 40 points, 50 points a game in college is unheard of. And we look at guys like Trey Young. Obviously, they're two different positions. Can't, I don't like to compare to two different positions ever, but his ability to score the ball and the fact that he changed his program around like that, I think if Iowa kept going in the tournament – there would definitely be people like, okay, we got to take this kid first round lock. Um, but if a team did take him in the first round, I would not mind. I loved watching Luca Garza play. It's he's putting up numbers every single night, literally. Is Amani Bates the real deal? Yes, yes. Um, this season, okay, this season, going to that new prep school that his father runs, I don't know if that was the best move for him. Um, you know, I think he could have played a little better this season, but man, he is the real deal. He's still the number one player in that class. He's still a special talent. Um, he's still that kid, you know, that I think could play in the league, you know, next year. Um, but I think people, you know, saying, comparing him to KD and LeBron, I think that's an exaggeration for me. Um, I really want to see him play at the next level. Like I, I want to see him play in college for one year. It wouldn't happen. It might not happen. But if he went to Michigan State one year and dominated like he did in high school, I would not mind. I wouldn't mind seeing Imani Bates in the tournament. I think that's the equivalent equivalent of seeing Zion in the tournament. But, um, you know, a guy at that size doing what he does, he gets to the lane, shoot the ball well, yeah. uh, elite competitor, great defender. Yeah. He just he does it all. He's a special talent. He's obviously up there, one of the best players I've covered and, you know, gotten the chance to speak with. But, you know, he's the real deal, easily. If he was in this year's draft, he would go. Top 10. Okay. I'm taking him top 10, but just seeing what Kuminga was able to do. See, that's the thing, though. Like, I can't say a kid's the number one pick or a lottery pick based off high school competition. And I think that's what makes. But teams would be so scared to pass on him. Right. Teams would be scared to pass on him because yeah. of that upside. And right, you know, right. that's another thing. But. Right. I mean, just, just the guys that would be in front of him. I mean, I think Jalen Suggs is going to be special. Cade's a special prospect. Jalen Green's obviously a special prospect. And then Evan Mobley, who's still in the tournament. I love Evan Mobley. Um, but Imani Bates, yeah. I, he is the real deal. I think I would draft him, in, obviously, in the top 10 this year. All right, last one before we get out of here. Players that are going to be really interesting in the transfer, in the transfer portal. Oh, I got so many. There's 850 names in there. Right now. <laughs> Man, you're killing me. There's 850 names. Um, the one I think that people should, you, you want me to give you an underclassman and then a graduate transfer? Yeah, let's, let's do that. All right. So there was a kid at Auburn. I'm not sure if you were familiar with named Justin Powell. Um, okay. He's a two guard. Um, he's from Kentucky. Unbelievable player. Um, shoot the ball well. 
unselfish, great IQ. He played in 10 games this season, and Sharif Cooper was out. So, obviously, uh, he had to okay. fill that role. Um, coming into the season, he was a three-star, four-star freshman. So, he didn't really have that hype. But Sharif got hurt, and next man up mentality. He had to be ready. Um, came in, 12 points, seven assists, five rebounds off the rip. Um, I, like I said, great shooter, three-level scorer, elite competitor, great defender. Ten games in, concussion. Um, at Oof. first – at first, mild symptoms. People are like, he's going to come back. And then he was put on draft boards. He was ranked as a top 70 player in college basketball, 10 games in. Um, concussion hits. People are a little worried. And it gets worse. Um, he couldn't really leave his dorm. Um, he was struggling, major headaches, couldn't practice, stuff like that. And now he's healed. He's in the transfer portal. Um, Kentucky, Texas Tech, Syracuse, um, Tennessee, tons of schools after him. I think that's a name. If if we're back on here one year ago today, we're going to be talking about him on draft boards or in the in the NCAA tournament. Um, and then as far as a grad transfer goes, there's a kid named Jared West from Marshall. Um, he's five foot eleven. That so size might you know warm people a little bit. Right. But two way player, elite defender, lock up defender, and he scores the ball. Three level scorer. He shot forty five percent from the field. 40% from three and 89% from the line. And he turned the ball over one time per game in his four-year career. And he scored over a thousand points. Um, Louisville, Pittsburgh, Miami, he's got over 25 schools on him. So, I mean, I won't continue the list, but those are two <laughs> right. guys in the portal that I'd keep an eye on because they're both going to end up at high major schools, schools that are going to compete for national championships. So those are two guys I'd watch. Jay, great stuff. You're always welcome back on the show. New York City all day, man. Where can we find you? Best city in the world, man. Best city. (laughs) Where can we find you? Uh, Where can we find Stock Risers and where can we find you on social media? Stockrisers.com. That's a spot, man. I mean, $6 a month uh, premium subscription to get information that the world is waiting for. You're going to get it beforehand. So, I mean, it's pretty cool. Um, Great content. And then my Twitter is at Jake Weingarten. Instagram at Jake Weingarten. And yeah, that's that's the social media right there. Most definitely, Jake. Let's have you back on soon, man. Talk soon. Of course, man. Andrew, appreciate you. New York City, man. Yes, sir. All day. Later, bro. There it is. Episode 253 of Combo's Court is in the books. Big thanks to Jake Weingarten, founder of StockRisers.com, for joining in. We appreciate you. Combo Nation, don't forget to rate, review, and if you haven't already, punch down on that subscribe button. It's really important. If you would like to support the podcast even further, you could become a Combos Court Patreon member. I'll leave a link in the description for that. Also, if you have Instagram, take a screenshot of this episode, post it on your IG stories, tag me at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. I'll share it and be on the lookout for episode 254. Combo out.